Hey everyone, my name's Lee Ellen, and thanks for coming to my TED Talk. This is a podcast about rants, my daily life, and just my misfortunes in general, so if you're having a hard time and you want to feel better about yourself, just stay tuned. Hello everybody! Um, how is everyone? How, how are we doing, guys? Um, you know, it is Saturday, August 13th. Um, I just submitted my very first podcast to Spotify. They said it'll be up in a few hours, so I'm not really going to tell anybody um, until I have a couple out, so hopefully nobody be going out looking at my name and stuff on Spotify, but I don't think they will. So, first episode was literally 17 minutes long, so that's why I wanted to um, kind of have as many episodes out as I can, just because I don't know how long I want to make them. Um... GarageBand doesn't really tell you how long they are until you save it, and I don't want to be listening to it like 70,000 times, you know, um, just to figure out how long it is. So we're just going to play it by ear. I don't think anyone will really be mad about that because if we're being truthful, like who wants to sit and listen to 45 minutes worth of my rants um, at one time? You feel me? You picking up what I'm putting down? picking up my drift. Um, so yeah, with that being said, we're just going to jump on in and welcome to episode two, you guys. Um, this one, shocker. I can't believe I'm going to say it. This one is going to be about all the boys who did me wrong. (laughs) And (laughs) it's actually kind of a short list. Um, I was going to do my whole fuck list, but I think I'll save that for a different episode. Um, but this one, I have a lot of weight on my shoulders with this one, and, oh, hold on. Oh my god, my apartment maintenance and manager people keep coming in because, like, people move in on Monday, so in two days, and, oh, I just, I'll be so ready when everything's all settled down because this is so annoying, um, I'm the only one who renewed my lease, so I'm the only one still here, which is fine, I get it, but I'm annoyed, and they just come in unannounced all the time, and yeah, that's not really what I want to talk about, though. I want to talk about boys, so here we go. All right, this one is, if you know me at all, this one is not going to come to a shock to any of you guys, so drum roll, please. (laughs) I bet that sounds so cringy. Um, Good old fuckface. Let me... Oh my god, this boy. Um, I have not actually called him by his real name in in four years. That says a lot. So, good old fuckface was the biggest piece of shit ever. Um, still is. Um, so, you know, let's see if this will let me... I actually have started kind of writing a book or something, you guys. Um, so let me just see. I think I kind of want to read off of it. Um... Like I said, this is going to be no surprise to you guys. Okay, so I (laughs) have kind of started writing a book. Right now, it's literally just on Google Docs, so... But it's literally just people who did me really horrible... Who did me really horribly in in life and will get their bad karma. Um, And, you know, people who stuck through me... Stuck with me through the end. And But right now, we're, we're focusing on the boys. And some of these, I haven't even actually, like, written chapters about. Only a couple of them, so... Let's see. Oh my god, I'm so tired. I could edit that out, but we'll see. I think it also says a lot about me. Um, I'm always tired, so here we go. Chapter one, fuck face. 
you broke me into more pieces than I ever thought possible. (laughs) You took advantage of me in more ways than one. So let's start with my freshman year of college. I had just broken up with my high school boyfriend. I was new to Tinder, but decided to go on an actual date to put myself out there. I talked about hooking up. I talked a big talk about hooking up. I was serious about it. I really was. I shaved my legs and whatnot. I remember what we were wearing. We didn't want our first date to be anything too serious, so we opted for casual. I was wearing a pair of black Adidas soccer sweats, my senior year homecoming dress shirt, and a pair of tennis shoes. You were wearing a black t-shirt, jeans, and tennis shoes. When I jumped in your passenger seat, the first thing you told me was that the airbag was broken and it could go off at any time. I'm pretty sure I said something like, oh, if it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. Funny because that's still one of my favorite sayings now. You decided our first date would be my choice, which I hated. Like, who the fuck? You suggested dinner and a movie, but I had to pick the restaurant and the movie. Just stupid. So I chose pizza and some awful war movie that I don't remember the name of because it was that bad. It might have had Tom Cruise in it. Honestly, I can't remember. We had dinner first at Pagliai's, and you asked me about my life and my goals and told me a lot of personal information about you. I remember you told me I was crazy for being a PE major and wanting to be a superintendent at a school. You were right. (laughs) Education was never for me. After dinner, we went to pre-purchase our movie tickets. The movie didn't start for another hour or something like that, so we had plenty of time. That's when you suggested a drive to the park. Just typing that sentence and reading it out loud made me teary-eyed and made my heart drop because my brain remembers all too well what comes next. Nausea. You took me to my favorite place. Scratch that. You ruined my favorite place. You pulled up to the actual rock monument area by all the flags and pulled over to the guardrail. You started to lead me to the trails there and the only thing I could think of was that I was going to get murdered right then and there, which is why I was so adamant about not wanting to go in there. And then I heard some people talking in the bushes area, and that was my excuse. They were probably there to smoke, but I was just imagining that they were there because of you, and you all had something plotted. That might sound crazy, but if you're a woman, you get it. If you're a man, you'll never understand. I was worried about being sex trafficked. I pulled you away from there, and you led me up to the stairs of the rock, and we started to kiss. And please take all offense with this. You were a really bad kisser. (laughs) Too sloppy and your teeth kept hitting mine. I tried to play it cool and be supportive, but every time you would make up an excuse about just getting out of a relationship or sorry, I haven't done this in a while. I was biting my tongue to tell you not to shut the fuck up. After a while of that, you led me back down to your truck and backed it into the small picnic area covered by trees. I'm pretty sure you wanted to make it work in the small front seat of your truck, but I said to take it to the bed. You laid down some blankets. Anxiety. We were kissing in the bed of your truck, and I was nervous. But you already knew that. At this time, all I could think about was how if I was caught having sex in a public place, I would have to register as a sex offender, and I would not be able to be a teacher, which scared me. I kept seeing headlights pass by, and I just prayed that they couldn't see me. But a liver, a liver, but a little sliver of me kept hoping that someone would see me and then we would be forced to stop and the rest would have never happened. But nobody saw. Instead of you being reassuring, you just told me that nobody could see me and it's fine. Focus. So thanks for that. I know I sat there and teased you 
because I did want to hold up my end of the bargain, but I was also scared shitless. But you didn't care. You didn't care that I was scared. In fact, you sat there and made fun of it. You called me lame, little bitch. I know you did it in a joking manner, but that really hurts. I should have just asked you to take me home. Oh, how I wish. Fuck it. I'm tired of waiting, you said to me as you flipped me onto my back and you got on top of me. <sighs> when I wrote this, I had literal tears after that sentence. Because you guys have to understand, this was the first time in four and a half, five years, that I'd actually taken time to process what had happened to me. And that was the first time I had read it, and I had written it, and I had said it out loud. And that was a big deal for me. Um, but I didn't have a chance against you. I was fresh out of high school, five foot three, 115 pounds soaking wet, no muscle. And you were 5'11", 200-something pounds with muscle. Did the words no or stop not mean anything to you? Several times I said no as you were taking off my clothes. You covered my mouth with your hand. I yelled stop and tried to push you off me, but it made you hold me down harder. I had no choice. I put my hands over my eyes and I blacked out for a brief moment. The next thing I remember is you saying, fuck it, I'm taking the condom off because I can't feel anything and it's uncomfortable. I wanted to cry, but I was so numb that I couldn't and I just sat there, paralyzed. Thank God I was put on birth control because you'll never know what will happen. I didn't know if you had any STDs or if you did and what they were. I didn't know your sexual history and you didn't know mine. For all I knew, I was in line to get chlamydia or gonorrhea. I don't know. I closed my eyes and tried to black out again because you weren't satisfied because of the condom, but I couldn't. Your cologne is forever etched into my nostrils. I will never forget when you flipped me over. I had bruises for weeks because of that on my knees. This is my evidence, I would tell myself, except the one friend I trusted to tell didn't believe me. After you were finally done, we got dressed and I couldn't believe what I just let happen to me. I was so numb after that and I have been since. No amount of antidepressants have fixed it yet. I wanted to cry, but I just blankly stared out the window like you see in sad music videos. I know you refuse to believe this, but you raped me. You raped me on September 13th, 2017 at Cape Rock. So what came next? Did you just take me home? No. We still went to watch the movie together. While we were there, you kept touching me. At that point, I just let it happen because I felt I had no other choice. I was already defeated. I already proved I couldn't defend myself. You won and I lost. I let it happen. I don't remember anything else from you that night with you. I don't even remember you dropping me back off at my dorm. As soon as I got home, I showered. I showered three times trying to get the scent of your cologne out of my memory. <laughs> no luck. I felt so alone, like I was making all this up in my head. I thought I deserved it because I initially said yes to hook up, and then I changed my mind. You never cared that I was uncomfortable, because if you would, you wouldn't have forced yourself on top of me, and you wouldn't have started taking off my clothes. I didn't sleep. I remember facing the wall the whole night, so that when my roommate came home, she thought I was asleep. I have wanted to cry over this ever since it happened, but I was in so much shock from it that I physically could not cry. I felt so empty, so used. It was just so easy for you. That's disgusting. I wonder if you ever think about that night, and I wonder if you thought it was a good night. I wonder if you thought that I had a good night. I can't help but wonder what your mom would have, would think if she ever found out this was about you, her precious son. I wonder how you would feel if you ever found out this happened to your little sister. I bet you not once thought about how I felt. 
So I tried to distance myself from you. I started replying to your messages slower and only giving one-word responses, but you acted so normal, like you didn't fully just take advantage of me just eight hours earlier. I remember telling my closest friend from high school, who also decided to go to the same university as me, I think I was raped last night. I showed her the bruises on my knees and how I told you to stop and said no several times. To this friend, a small piece of my heart will always be torn off because of what you said to me. I just think you're overreacting. I wish I was. I didn't tell anyone else until the following year to my roommate slash sorority sister, but that's for a different chapter. I kept that secret with me to the grave, but little do you know, you are the reason I don't sleep at night. The trauma and anxiety you gave to me is immaculate. Melatonin does not put me to sleep like it should, so it's really not that simple. I've had three therapists in the span of two years, and none of them have heard this story, but they will soon. Writing this book is helping me overcome a lot, and I finally think I'm ready to process this all on a deeper level. I can't believe I had the option to choose between two boys going to basic training at the same time to wait for, and I chose you. You, fuckface, who was out of shape and had a chode, who was only doing the Army National Guard. I can't believe I chose you instead of him, sculpted from the gods, in the best shape of his life, had a nice one, and was enlisting full-time in the Marines. He offered to beat my ex-boyfriend's ass when I suspected he was stalking me during my home time for Thanksgiving break. You talked me through that night, but you didn't offer to beat his ass. Ultimately, I think I chose you because he was, he was a virgin and I didn't want to be the one to take his virginity. I'll never forget the day you told me to wait for you. It was the day I came back for spring semester, 2018. You were leaving for basic soon. We hung out that night and you took my bed from lofted to a normal height. It was so weird because every time we had sex after the day you raped me, it was consensual. After we were done, I remember you stared at me for what felt like forever and finally asked me for wait to wait for you to come home after basic training. I don't even remember what I said, but I did indeed, indeed w end up waiting for you to get home from basic, like a fucking dumbass. And I want you to know the whole time that you were gone, I was all in. I flirted with boys a lot. But we agreed that was okay. I got to know your fraternity brothers pretty well. I figured if we were going to be dating in the fall semester when you came back, I would be around them a lot, so it was best to get to know them. I was at every party they threw that semester. I was a philanthropy coach with them. I went to their IM softball games. They even tried to put me on their non-Greek life IM softball team. I can't play softball, so hence tried. Your fraternity brothers were there for me when, when you never were. Figuratively and literally. Your br brother saw me when I was the sloppiest, messiest, most annoying drunk, and they still allowed me back every weekend. I really don't know why. They really should have blacklisted me. Um, I went to a formal with one of your brothers, and I'm so glad I did. We didn't do anything, still haven't, and most likely never will. He never tried a single move on me, no matter how drunk I got. We shared a bed for two nights, and not once did he ever try to touch me. And to my date, if you're reading this... This is why I never wanted to have a relationship with you. You were so pure with me, and I didn't want to ruin that friendship. You didn't know that I had ever been sexually assaulted before, and you never once tried to cross that boundaries. For a split second, you made me have hope in men again. But back to fuckface. You didn't like that I went to formal with him. I think you were always jealous of him, and you tried to play it off like you weren't. He was the first guy that I ever actually was alone with after you. It took me seven months to even attempt to get past what you did to me. He boosted my confidence. He was literally just being the nicest guy ever that it didn't even cross his mind to not take advantage of me. 
you don't get to say the same. Unfortunately, that was not the only time you raped me. You raped me in my sorority house press suite dorm room multiple times. There were multiple times where you would come over to study or do homework. Other times, it was just to cuddle and watch a movie. No and stop must not be a part of your vocabulary, or if it is, you simply didn't care. All I would have had to do was yell for help from my bed, and people in the lounge slash living room would have come running. It would have been that simple. It would have been over. You forced yourself onto me and into me, despite me shoving you away and telling you no. You kept telling me, I think you're saying no, but I think you secretly want it, and come on, it'll be quick. No condom. Here we go. Again. It hurt. It hurt so bad. And then, out of nowhere, something clicked in your head that I was telling you to stop. That a girl was actually saying no to you. You stopped and said with an attitude, fine, if that's what you want. Even though you stopped, you still left me with the same feeling of emptiness. Circa fall semester 2018, I was still so obsessed with wanting to be with you. I really thought we were going to date. I was the puppet and you controlled the strings. I was head over heels for you, despite what you, despite what you did to me, and you knew that. I want to take you out somewhere nice. Let me save you money. Let me save money. Was the worst excuse for why you wouldn't date me because you knew all I wanted was a picnic in the park. I want to ask you out formally, you would say. I want to ask you out formally, you would say. Okay, so ask me to be your girlfriend then, I would reply. No, I want to take you to a nice dinner first. The cycle continued for what seems like forever. But in reality, it was only for two weeks. That's what you gave me. Stupid me, I was so naive. For the first three weeks of the semester, you gave me hope. You hung out with me in the house several days a week. You even walked me to my classes. It was a sneak peek of what I was sure to come. And then, it didn't. It was recruitment season. I had class starting from 9 a.m., and recruitment lasted until 2 a.m. for a whole week on top of exams and papers. The funniest part? I still made time for you during that week, but all you did was leave me on red. You were the one person I wanted to talk to after talking to so many girls I lost count. But you didn't want to talk to me. You wanted to talk to the new freshman. I was too old and washed up for you, and you saw someone new who you knew you could control and had to have it. How long were you talking to her behind my back? I remember the day you broke my heart. After a week of ghosting me, I talked to one of my brothers and finally got the hint. I texted you and asked if we could talk. You asked what about, and I just said we would talk later. You knew what it was about, and we FaceTimed because I wanted to have the talk in person, but you just got off work and didn't want to drive over. I'm not going into details in this because if that conversation meant anything to you like it did to me, you remember every word. I barely made it to the end of that FaceTime because I, before I broke down into tears. I walked into my best friend's room and couldn't even form words. It was supposed to work, she said to me with tears in her eyes. She hugged me, and when I had no tears left to cry, she walked me to my room and put me to bed. She told me my roommate and I could hear them whispering... What? She told me my roommate and I could hear them whispering about how I was bawling my eyes out. You broke me. I became so severely depressed. All I did was sleep, cry, and go to class. I stopped eating. I went to Cape Rock around the time that there was a man kidnapping girls there, and I sat in my car with my windows down and doors unlocked because I just didn't care anymore. That was the worst semester of my life. You broke my heart on a Wednesday. Your fraternity was having a party that Saturday. <laughs> I went to your party, four loco in hand, of course, 
and the first thing I saw when I got into the fence covered with black trash bags <laughs> oh I miss it first thing I saw I saw you hugging her from behind kissing on her neck at the beer pong table I chugged my four loco no matter what I did that night or how many drinks I had I couldn't get a buzz this was the first party I was at that got busted at your fraternity so all the minors had to go inside and I'll never forget the amount of pledges and actives that came up to me that night are you yelling I'm so sorry or am I Favorite for most actives. Fuck him. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> and I know that they were all on my side. To this day, they still are. I had pledges come up to me and start flirting with me. I went with it. Later on, I found out that there was a chapter meeting relating to what you did to me. That is so demoralizing and humiliating. Knowing that your entire chapter of roughly 80 to 90 guys knew how you were constantly making me look like a fool while I stayed loyal to you since it was recruitment season, I will never know what truly happened with you and her at all those fraternity parties. But your brothers found out that, but when your brothers found out that we were over, they were giving me all the tea about how you were dancing with the same girl at the freshman girl parties. They gave me her name and told me where she lived. La Furla. <laughs> Coincidentally, the same dorm I lived in my freshman year. I'll never forget the night I found out. I made it from the show me center to White Castle all the way across town. In seven minutes. That night, I was the craziest I have ever been in my life. You did me so dirty. I was loyal to you for nine months. I could have had a whole baby during that time. You didn't deserve what I had to give. Remember when I circled around you in the Dollar Tree parking lot and the conversation we had after that? Your voice was so cold and flat, I was scared. I will never forget the hello you gave me on that phone call. Do you remember the way you screamed at me when I refused to tell you who I got my information from? The way you were so defensive with every single thing I said? Because I do. I was in the Simply Swirled parking lot and two of my sorority sisters went inside and I didn't even get to go have frozen yogurt because you were screaming at me. Hmm. Eventually, I had to stop coming to your fraternity's parties. I loved going there every weekend, but I had to make a sacrifice for my mental health. That's when a different fraternity took me under their wing. If I did go to your fraternity, I was always blacked out by the time I got there. Seeing you at the parties really triggered my fight-or-flight response, and I would go from absolutely plastered to stone-cold sober in the span of 10 seconds. Flash forward to homecoming 2018. I go to my favorite fraternity's tailgate, <clears throat> yours, and it's freezing outside. We're all drinking and having a good time. I get more brothers coming up to me telling me what an asshole you are and that you're so stupid. All the while, you were four feet away from me. You refused to look at me. I was drunk and happy for the first time in a long time. I definitely wasn't happy, but at least I looked like it. The whole time, all I could think about was that I hoped you knew what you were missing out on. I hate that I still try to see the best in you despite the way you treated me and that despite the things that you did to me. I hate that I was st so stupid to allow myself to keep going back to you. To this day, I still hate how deprived of love and attention I was that I felt I had to stay and keep trying to get even the slightest bit from you. I hate that you knew I was never going to leave and you kept me on the back burner. The day I finally decided to move on from you was on your birthday in 2019. You had a girlfriend by then and something clicked in my brain saying that I wasn't enough, that I wasted enough time on you and it was time to get up and move on. I was in the gym eating right that whole summer. I was determined to get my revenge body, and I did. It was barely even two months into the fall semester of 2019, and you were the one coming back to me. 
I planned the first red dress event for my sorority and needed someone with a truck to help me load our big letters. You were the only sober boy with a truck that day. I was desperate, so I called you for help. And to my dismay, you came almost immediately. I thought you truly changed, so I let you take me to my favorite Mexican place on a lunch date shortly after that. We kept talking for another two months, until I was informed that you were out sneaking around with my sorority daughter. It bothered me so bad that I didn't hear it from you. It bothered me that you went after my sorority daughter. Like, that's fucked up, dude, and you know it. It all made sense, though. There were days I would ask you to come over and hang out, and you would tell me you were busy. Yeah, sure, busy. Fucking my little. I know that's exactly what happened, because I didn't put out for you. You still tried, but you know... You seem to know what no meant this time around. I cut you off when I found out about your relationship. Oh, but that's not all. Flash forward to spring semester 2020. It's finally a night I got off work at a decent hour on a Friday night. My roommates and I all decided to go to the only bar where we could get into with our fake IDs. It wasn't even 10 p.m. yet, so it was dead. Hardly any people there. So what were the odds that you would be there with an old friend, ex-sorority sister of mine, she knew how you broke me. She knew how depressed you made me. To this day, it still hurts me. I didn't see you sitting with her at the table, and I went up to her and hugged her because I hadn't seen her in a while. She was so awkward about it. Oh, hi, Lee Ellen. I'll never forget when her eyes darted to you and you turned your head around and looked at me as you were sipping your Bud Light. I simply couldn't believe it. I know I walked away and made a big scene saying, holy shit, are you fucking kidding me? Multiple times. A minute later, I went back up to your table, <laughs> laid my hands on it, and said, and I hope you guys have a great night, in the bitchiest voice and the bitchiest smile I could form. And then I proceeded to FaceTime everyone about it, and then when you guys finally left. I didn't know you guys were actually dating. I thought you were just went on a, a date, not that you were in a relationship. I was so liv livid that you gave her that title and not me. And then, not even two weeks later, you were begging for me to take you back because you guys broke up. You always came back. <sighs> so let me tell the modern day listeners about my modern day feelings for you. I have finally moved on from you. The thought of wanting to be with you is repulsive now. I simply can't believe how I let you treat me. And for so long. 2018, Lee Ellen walked. So 2021, Lee Ellen could run. My favorite thing to do was to drunk text you. I didn't have your number saved in my phone. So I would go to Instagram where you gave me your number and a DM when I drunk slid in your DMs to see what you would say. That turned into a game for me. It wasn't very often, but it was often enough to get under your skin. Maybe you will finally understand how I felt, I would think to myself. You never will because I would never do any of the things you did to me. I would like to chose this <laughs> I would like to close this chapter of my life with an excerpt of the last thing I ever said to you. Real note, I really don't want you to text me anymore. We've been over this. I'm moving on with my life and gave you several chances in the past and you blew every single one. I'm about to graduate and move away and better myself. Every time you text me, I am reminded just how stupid I was for ever allowing you to do what you did to me. I don't have your number saved, so I need you to delete mine and delete this text thread so you're not texted to tempt me. So you're not tempted to text me again. You had your chance. I hope those words I said deeply resonate with you. I hope that after you listen to this, you try reaching out to me to justify your actions. But it'll be too late. Blocked you are on all social media. Good luck texting me. I've changed my number. And I hope you get what you deserve. And I pray you don't rape other girls.
Because you're a real piece of shit. So I also want to kind of put out here um, for anybody who has ever been raped or sexually assaulted or anything like that. Um, it's not your fault. Don't beat yourself up about it. I know that's so much easier said than done. I mean, I really, I still don't sleep from mine. And it was almost five years ago. And actually, um, it, I'm recording this on a Sunday now. It's now August 14th. Um, but on Wednesday, I had therapy for the first time in, um, oh, sorry, I'm so tired. For the first time in probably, like, almost 10 months. Um, and, you know, this was the time I finally decided that I was tired of keeping that to myself and I want to actually finally process it on a deeper level. So I opened up to my first therapist. I mean, actually, my first therapist at FSU. Um, it's probably, like, my fourth therapist at this point but and that's okay that's also something I want to say is if you don't mesh well with one therapist then get a different one because that's okay like what what they do might work for other people but it's okay if it doesn't work for you um oh my god I'm gonna figure something out here hold up honestly I am just so lazy I'm not feeling editing that last part out what happened was my microphone was falling and Simon was getting into something he shouldn't have welcome to a day in my life you know I feel like if I edit that out that would make everything I I do seem perfect and it's definitely not lol so Samson oh my god look at that look hold on I swear to god they work in um in tandem like as a team like, when one of them is acting up, the other the other one's perfect. But, you know, finally, when the other one's perfect, the other one's like, ah, I'm going to act up. Like, for those of you who know Samson know that he's always been a little terrorist, and he has shown Simon some of those ways. But Simon is just so clueless that, like, listen here. Samson does shit out of spite. But Simon is so fucking stupid that he's just doing it because his big brother's doing it and he has no reason why. Like, he has no clue why he's doing it. So, when I get on to Simon, he's like, oh, okay, like, you don't like that? That's fine. And then he comes up and cuddles and it's the sweetest thing. But when I yell at Samson, he stares me dead in the eyes and he's like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but with that being said, this podcast episode is for talking about boys and talking about boys, we will. So, let me see who's next on my list real quick and we'll get going because yeah, I'm sure you guys want all the juicy tea and I don't know how much time I'm going to have, you know, for how many boys because oh my god, I'm so tired. I woke up at 9.30 today and I forced myself to stay awake because usually I sleep until like 11 noon, sometimes 1 p.m. And I even went to bed at like 11 or 12, so it's, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, so stay tuned guys. Hold on. All right. The second boy I want to talk about is none other than the one who ditched me three days before we were supposed to leave for formal. Yeah, that's right. You ain't off the hook, buttercup. All right. So where should we start? Um, I don't even have to say his name. Everybody knows his name already, I think. Um, and if you're listening, buckle up, buttercup. I know I already called you Buttercup once. Just fucking go with it, would you? Okay, hold on. Let me have some coffee, and then we'll get started. All right. So, where are we going to start? I'm thinking we start 
Um, the first time I met you was my freshman year of college. I was 18. You were either like 23. You're either like 22 or 23, I think. I can't remember. I don't fucking care. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time thinking about your age. Um, we were Greek week partners. Um, that was the worst fucking Greek week of my entire life because your chapter sucks ass. Like we were literally, how do you lose so bad? Like by 800 being 800 points behind. That's fucking embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I don't even think like my chapter was trying anymore because your chapter definitely wasn't. And we were like, fuck it. We're already so far behind. And all the other chapters already thought we were a joke. So, but you know, at the end of Greek week, the host, the fraternity that is paired with the sorority always hosts a party for the sorority. So I went to your Greek week party after I got off work at the good old Logan's Roadhouse. And it was like a blackout theme. And lucky for me, I had a black work shirt and that's what I showed up to the party in my my work shirt my blue jeans and my non-slip work shoes yeah um honestly I don't regret that 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 was still a power move to me I'm very happy I did that that's hilarious and I drove myself over there and I was like oh I'm not gonna drink I was sober you know I I'm gonna get all my friends back home blah 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 and then I don't really know what happened I even gave someone my keys to hide because I was like, hey, don't let me drive home. Because then I was like, I'm going to start drinking, but don't let me drive home. Um, blah, blah, blah. And someone actually deadass hid my keys from me. And that was, honestly, God bless. I, I, I know who it was, and I'm not going to say their name just in case. But thank you so much for doing that. I still got them back at the end, though. But I didn't drive myself home. So, I remember towards the end, you kept being one of those guys. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. The, where's my hug? Yeah, that was literally you. It kept fucking flirting with me. I was like, buddy, I just want to have a fucking good time. Leave me alone. Stop talking to me. And you wouldn't. You just, I, I think I hugged you like twice, maybe. I don't know. I was pissed. And then I remember what, like all Greek chapter, the like next day or two after Greek week and, um, or after the party, I should say, and you kept trying to get me to go to your fraternity formal, which I can't even remember where it was that year, but I was like, I'm already going to a fraternity formal in New Orleans that exact same weekend. Like, if you wanted me to go with you, you should have asked me month months before, um, cause I'm a popular girl <laughs> and just kidding. But so I remember that. And then you always kept sliding into my Instagram DMs. You'd always like all my pictures and shit. Whatever. I'm pretty sure I told you I didn't like you. I don't know. Flash forward to a year later, my sophomore year, you were our, um, our philanthropy coach when we were playing for your, um, your soccer team for your philanthropy event. And... I don't know why. I was just like, hmm, maybe this person's not so bad after all. You know, maybe maybe I'll do some flirting. You can do some flirting back and we'll see how it goes. And I was wasted off my ass. Had no business playing soccer at 10 a.m. Drunk as shit. Um, because everyone knows philanthropy events are just like miniature homecomings and the act that you wake up early and you just start drinking on an empty stomach. And I don't know that any other chapter took day drinking as serious as mine um you know we just were never in it to win we were always in it to booze 
And I dead am dead ass when I say my sorority made me an alcoholic in college. Dead ass. Um, and you know what? Looking back at it, I don't think I actually regret it. I think I had the most fucking fun of my life and I would 10 out of 10 do it again. So anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, you were our soccer coach and I think, oh my God, I made the first move. I'm so sorry I did this to you. But I literally, I remember Snapchatting you all flirty being like, thank you so much for being our coach today. I had a lot of fun. Like, ew, who the fuck am I? So I instigated this shit. I can't lie. I instigated it. I know what I did, what I said. And then that's, that was history. And then we started talking a lot. Oh, another yawn. God damn. Um, I hope all of you guys listening are also yawning. Um, but yeah, so we started talking a lot every day and then shit got kind of serious and I was, you know, this is still around the time that fuckface broke my heart and, and that weird transitional period and I remember we really headed off when I was at spring break. I went to South Padre Island and I think, I don't even fucking know where you went, PCB or Myrtle Beach or some shit and we both ended up catching a cold on spring break and we were both sick the same exact days just snapchatting each other in bed just fucking weird why do I remember all this shit and um then after spring break whoopsies come here microphone um after spring break I remember just hitting it off even more and um finally you asked me to your formal to go to Memphis and I was like you know what but that's the same weekend as my formal and I didn't just do all this fucking work to not go to my formal <clears throat> but then after you continuously asking me to go and begging me, I finally laid down the law and I said, we are going as friends. Do not expect me to sleep with you. This does not mean anything to me. Friends only. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. That's all I want is to go as friends. <clears throat> LOL. You're funny. I should have known. I should have known. I think deep in the back of my head, I did know. Um, and actually, you kept trying to push a relationship on me and I told you time after time and time I was not ready for that and that's not what I wanted. You know, I've been wronged by so many guys, my ex-boyfriend, fuckface. Um, you were kind of the guy that I was kind of somewhat serious with even though you never made a move on me, which I was really grateful for. Um, I know you wanted to, but thank you for not. And, um, but you just, you kind of became a little narcissistic in a way, you know? And I remember there were several times I came over to your house and we didn't even do anything. And I was so impressed. Um, I was really nervous because I just, I didn't want to be taken advantage of like I was with fuckface, but you never did that. And you know, for that part, I will speak highly of you, but I shouldn't have to do that because that is kind of common courtesy. I feel not to take advantage and rape somebody, but you know, you didn't do that. And thank you. God bless. Um, but I do remember there was this one time I was, I had an organic chemistry test and I literally had not studied. And you're like, oh, just come over. And I can't remember. It. I think you picked me up or maybe I can't fucking remember. You picked me up and from my sorority house. Oh my God. And I studied with you and you actually like wrote some questions out on a whiteboard and all these things. And like, you were actually really helpful. Like if I would have studied a little bit before you would have been really helpful, but I'm not even lying when I told you I didn't study at all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that wasn't fun, was it? Um, and then finally at like 1130 midnight, I was like, okay, I think you need to take me home. I have a test tomorrow at 9am. I haven't studied, you know, I'm going to fail either way. So let me at least be well rested. And I want you to know I did indeed 
get like a, a D on that exam or a C or something like that, definitely not a good score. Um, whatever. You can't ex expect perfection if you didn't work for it. And I definitely did not. But I do remember um, I started catching feelings for you around that time, especially whenever you're helping me study for organic chem. And I think you knew that. <clears throat> and I kind of was like, hey, um, I don't appreciate the way that you're doing this still. And, you know, kind of making me like you. Like I said in the beginning, I don't really want anything to come out of this. I'm still really hurt. And there's a lot of things that I need to work on myself and I'm damaged, blah, blah, blah. And I just don't think that's fair for you. And you're always like, no, I don't care. I want to help you work through it. And that is the most bullshit line that guys say all the time. Like, oh, I don't care. I want to be here for you. And so then, like, you finally get vulnerable a little bit, and that's when what happens? That's when they leave. Yep, that's when they leave. And I don't remember what happened. There was one day you really pissed me off with that shit, and I just, I kept, I was really distant. I was like, you know what? I don't want to fuck with this guy right now. Like, he's really pissing me off. And I think I was really short with you for, like, a day or two or maybe three. I don't know. This was, like, three years ago. Okay, bear with me. And, um, so... I will never forget when you sent me this message. Let me, let me find it. So I found it. I was literally in baby Walmart <laughs> buying cereal because my best friend was buying us wine because I was 19 and she was like 21 or 22 or something like that. All right. And I get <clears throat> like, you didn't even have my number. We texted all the time on Snapchat. Fuck that shit. And I get, Hey, can I talk to you about something? And when I didn't answer right away, you just sent this big, long message of, <clears throat> so we haven't really talked much in the last few weeks, and it seems very different now. Like, at first, I honestly thought we were possibly talking and could have been something, but now we're not, and we came to the conclusion of just being friends, which is cool, but not really what I wanted, dot, dot. I'm sorry for this, but I don't think we should go to formal together anymore. I feel like it would kind of be awkward between us, and I should have told you sooner, dot, dot. I feel like the biggest asshole ever. It's like I don't want to lead myself on more than I already have because I actually started liking you. I'll reimburse you for the cooler and everything. I hope to see you around before I move to Milwaukee, and I hope we can still be friends, dot, dot. Like, buddy, LOL. I literally told you going into that that I didn't want anything. Like, you knew goddamn well, so I don't want to fucking hear that shit. You tried to make me sound like the asshole, but in reality, it was you, honey bun. It was you. And, you know, I held on to that for three years. I did. And one day, I was I was finally over it. I was like, you know what? This takes a lot of time and effort to, to be mad at somebody for this much. And I don't know how much longer I can do that. So, I said to you, let me find the message. Hold on. All right. I said... On April 25th, I just wanted to let you know that I have finally let go of what you did three years ago, but don't let it get to your head. It just means I don't hate you anymore. LOL. Pretty short and simple, right? And you said, well, that's good. I really meant everything I said about how sorry and dumb I was. I've grown up so much since then. I hope life is treating you well. I hope we can at least be friends sometime. And I said nothing because fuck you. Why would I? Like, just because I forgave you doesn't mean I want to be friends with you. I don't want to talk to you. Okay. And then you told me a day after my birthday, happy belated birthday when you slid up on my Instagram story. And then also you look amazing in this picture. I know, that's why I posted it. Um, I also just want to say that anytime you ever saw me out, you never hesitated to come up to me. Um, well, you did for a little bit. 
And then finally, I don't know why, I guess your guilty conscience was like, oh my god, um, I miss you, um, blah, blah, blah. I really, I don't know what goes through your head. Um, but I will also say, you said more. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. Every time I would see you out. So, on my birthday in 2019, you know, the year that you fucking ditched me, um, two months later, you said, I always wish I could have changed how things went because I was so, so stupid for that. Once again, I'm sorry. I hope you have a great birthday today. Like, LOL, dude, leave me alone. I, I have a great birthday regardless. It's just another day, just one day older. And then I saw you at the bar in September of 2021, and you said, like, I was literally so shit-faced just waiting at the bar for a glass of water, and you come up, I don't know why, we made eye contact, that's my own damn fault, we made eye contact across the bar, fuck me, and you came over and decided to talk to me, and I was shit-faced, and I literally said that to you, and you were like, I hope you get home safe, I really do, I know it doesn't mean much, but it was so long ago, and I really am sorry, I was so stupid and immature at the time, like, you're coming off a little desperate to me, honey bun, and I get that you want to say that you're sorry. I get it. I get it. You know? Um, but maybe your actions can speak louder than your words. And maybe you just never ditch a girl like that ever again. You know? Like, fuck you. Um, and it was so funny because I sent what you said originally to me. Um, you know, ditching me at formal. Uh, I had somebody take a picture of it from my phone on Snapchat. So I so you wouldn't get the screenshot notification. And I thought I had blocked out your name pretty well. Well, I missed one of your one one part of your name on Snapchat, and, uh, I sent it in my sorority, sorority group chat, woo, buddy, <laughs> that was so fun, um, because everyone seemed to have known that we were going to formal together, and I didn't tell anyone, so it must have been your fucking big mouth, um, which I think is hilarious, so, and then when they all read that, they were like, oh my fucking god, I'm so pissed what happened, and I told him, and they were like, that sounds like him, and, you know, I must say, I do feel a lot better not holding on to this rage against you, but I just, looking back at it, I think the whole situation's so hilarious. And I mean, I mean this with the utmost respect, like, I really just want nothing to do with you. I just wanted to apologize to you. Um, or, no, ew, not apologize. I just want to let you know that I don't have so much anger and hatred towards you anymore but I really don't want to talk to you or anything. Like, if I see you out, I could be nice and cordial, and I could be like, hey, how are you? Um, but I don't want you to, like, check in on me or anything, because we're not like that, and we never will be again. Um, also, I am living my best life in Florida, and I've completely forgot about you. So, yeah. Um, so let me see if we have time for another boy. If not, this is where I'll end it, and I'll start recording episode three, and there will be more boys for that, but let's see. Okay, guys, so, um, this is at, like, 46 minutes, so I'm definitely not gonna talk about another, any more boys on this episode, um, but that's all I have for today. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I hope you enjoyed. Bye. Mwah.